When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Search and browse more privately. Download the free DuckDuckGo app today. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. This hour of WEI Football Sunday with Gresham Arcan is brought to you by Shaw's. Shaw's, the official supermarket of the Red Sox Network. Football Sunday is brought to you by New England Recovery Center in Westboro and by Kubota Tractor and the New England Kubota Tractor Dealers. Time now for WEEI Football Sunday with Andy Gresh, Christian Arcane, and Mike Cadlick. Now, WEEI Football Sunday. We got about 35 minutes left in this one before we hand it off to Red Sox baseball. Our first three Sundays, we will be cut short because of Red Sox baseball. And then we go into the full three-hour shows. And, well, we're very lucky, Arcan, that uh, a man as busy as Christian Fourier, he walked off of the television set at Gillette Stadium or somewhere close by, and he is now giving us... 15 minutes with Foyer, or right about there, uh, here on the Harbor One Hotline. Hi, Foyer. Hello, boys. Uh, Gresh, when did you get home last night? (laughs) 2.47 (laughs) a.m. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's no joke out there. All right, well... It was yeah. it was right. uh it was it was something to say the least. It it really yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. Well now the real football starts. How about that? Well, there you go. How excited are you? How excited are you guys for the AFL to be back? I'm excited start with for, that. I'm excited for uh football, but I want to hear from you as to what come on. You got the nuts now. Let's go. What's going to happen with Brady? Where's everybody going to be? Are you going to be one of the many that are lining up on the field to stand and applaud your greatest teammate ever? Come on, spill the beans. Let's go. It's funny. Like, all week I've been hearing from a lot of former players, and maybe we're just the, the B-team level players, and those are the guys that I'm talking to. But I did talk to, to Ty on Friday, uh, and none of these guys are Thursday. No, nobody's really involved in the ceremony. Nobody's, there's, nobody has been asked to be part of it. No, we're not going up on stage. So none of that is happening. I did get an email from, like, the Patriots talking about, like, you know, for, for media who are on the field, like media, as far as, like, where the stage is going to be set up. And I think it's going to be set up in the, uh, what is it, uh, the, the the closed den, which used to be the closed den, you know, opposite the lighthouse. And it, it looks like it's a pretty substantial substantial stage, if I looked at the diagram right. Um, so, so, but other than that, I don't have a clue what's going on. But you do know they do have a small window. It's not like they can extend this thing, like you know, and do uh, for like you know thirty minutes. Like they do, they will have to get off the field. 
Have they asked, like, fans or sent out anything saying, hey, get to your seats a little early? Is there going to be some sort of pregame thing, too? No, but I will say this. Oh, actually, I had that wrong. The stage is going to be set up in the lighthouse area. Now that I actually pulled okay. up the picture that they sent me. So um, uh, then it says cheer two, cheer one, stage, and then media. So he'll be right smack dab, what it looks like, right on the 20 in the middle of the hashes. So, um, um, wait, say that again, Arkan. I was saying is that sometimes, you know, when there's a, a pregame ceremony, they tell the fans, hey, everybody get to your seats a half hour early. Do they do anything like that? Is there going to be some sort of pregame thing? Oh, Oh, no, no, but it, I don't think they need to. They're already there. Okay. Like, yeah. they're already there this morning. Like, they, I saw, like, a bunch <laughs> of guys already lined up to get into the gate. Guys are making breakfast. I wanted to go up to them and be like, yo, do you guys know that the game doesn't start till like, almost 5 o'clock? <laughs> yeah, I, it, is, it is kind of interesting. Uh, everybody in my neighborhood, people that I've, that I've been seeing around town, they're all going. And the one thing I thought was interesting that we talked about on the pregame show that I, I'm curious to hear you got your guys' opinion is that this idea that, like the team is going to have some sort of like inspiration from the fact that Brady's being honored at halftime. Like they're going to be more inspired because Brady's there. And I think that is at a zero level. I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think they're drawing any sort of inspiration from the fact that Brady is going to be honored at halftime or you'll be seeing him up in some suite throughout the game. All right. Well, for you, let me ask you this. What's the score going to be at halftime? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that play into it a little bit? Well, I, I mean, listen, I'm not a big score guy. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Gresh knows this. I hate doing the whole score thing. I mean, uh, I do think that it's uh, – I'm going to go Philly. Sure, Philly has the lead. I think Philly wins the game, not to give away the story at the end. But if Philly wins the game, the return is ruined. It's going to rain. Uh, but people are happy with what they see. You know, I think it's something that people will still be optimistic about going into the season. Like, wow, playing against a team this good, this accomplished, that almost won the Super Bowl – and now you kind of, you know, really fought your butt off. And it's, so it's basically like a moral victory Monday to start the year. Yeah, let me do a bit of a redirect off of Arkan's question, Fourier. Does anything get taken away from the Brady ceremony if the Patriots are down 17-3 at the half? No, I don't think it matters. I, it's weird, though. I think, you know, most people are going to this game, and that's why the tickets are so expensive, not because it's the opening day and they're playing the Eagles, it's because of Brady. People that I've talked to have said, like, you know, this is the one game that they really want to go to. Wives are going that usually don't go. You know, friends are, you know, going to a Red Sox game and working their way down so they can be here at halftime. The, the draw is Brady for this game. It's not necessarily, um, you know, the fact that they're playing the Eagles and that this is an important game, like a non-conference, non-divisional game. Like, no, the draw is Brady 100% from beginning to end. Well, if the draw is Brady, and that's why most people are going to be there, then do you think the actual what happens during the game is going to affect the way the crowd reacts, I guess is the question. Like, we know that it may not be a big source of inspiration for the players, or at least that's sort of where you're uh, going with it. I kind of agree with that. Could that end up being something that puts a damper on the actual ceremony? No, I think it's, I think it's completely separate. I think they're, the fans are able to compartmentalize. If they're mm -hmm. getting just dragged through the mud, and it's 30 to nothing at half. I don't think – I think usually, you know, when the third quarter starts, all you see are those red seats. You know, as a player, you used to get really irritated. Like, as everybody was going, having a drink, whatever, the third quarter would start, and, and, it, and it, it took to, like, the middle of the third quarter for all those guys to be back in their seats. <laughs> My I don't wife. Think you see any red seats. 
Yeah, Miss Gresh's wife. Yeah. You know, I don't think you see any of that. Uh, I don't think I don't think you see any of that. I think it doesn't matter. They want to see this event. It's like a halftime show at the Super Bowl. And it's not going to happen again. Like, I mean, when they do the whole red jacket ceremony, when he officially gets voted into the Hall of Fame, you know, whenever that happens, I'm sure he'll come out and wave a little bit. But this particular night, I think it's going to be a little bit more, uh, you know, dramatic, you know, uh, and, and special, not only for the fans, you know, for the, for the crowd. So I think want to make it a spectacle. You know, I think they want to make it big, you know, make it memorable. So I don't think anyone's missing it. Christian Fourier with us here on WEI Football Sunday. So, Foyer, how important is a good early start, not only to establish some tone for this team, but also to really turn the page and finally erase the Matt Patricia era? Yeah, I think that is interesting because, the one thing you want to do, I think mean, even subconsciously, and maybe you're actually vocalizing it, you know, is starting off fast. Now, everybody wants to start off fast, but I think it does mean something for this team to almost show everybody, and more importantly themselves, that last year was a fluke. You know, last year wasn't who they were. Last year is not going to, you know, define them moving forward. And I think the, and the fact that you're going against, I would call it, a team that has Matt Patricia on it, Uh, you know, I think is important. The stigma on this team from last year still exists. As much as has happened, as much time has gone by, there's still a stigma, there's still a stench to that offense. And the guy that was basically the catalyst for that is on the other sideline with his arms crossed talking about how we made the greatest play in Super Bowl history, you know, like this that It was guy. pretty amazing so when uh, Patricia picked off that pass, I thought, for you. I thought that was a very yeah, I mean, uh, impressive I, feat. It was, I didn't think he had that skill, that closing speed as a defensive back. It's crazy. Um, well, with that being said, when you think of the offense and the new offensive additions, obviously O'Brien's right there at the top, but then there's also Juju Smith-Schuster and Mike Jacecki who are replacing guys, one of which was very productive with Mac Jones in uh, Jacoby Myers, the other one who wasn't so much in John U. Smith, do you expect those two guys, the newest guys on the offense here, not counting Zeke Elliott, but in terms of pass catchers, do you expect them to make a big impact today? I think Bourne is huge. I think, uh, to a lesser extent, I think Devontae Parker. I think uh, Douglas is huge. Um, I think, obviously, Stevenson is huge. Like, and I think, I'm, I, I don't know if Kaseki's going to be like a numbers guy. I, I see Kaseki as like an impact guy. You know, like, he, I don't think he'll have 50 catches. I think it's more like, you know, 25 to 35, call it in that range. And hopefully he's got six touchdowns, you know, because I do think in the end he's a possession-type tight end guy. He's a gimmicky-type guy, tight end guy. That's where I see him kind of fitting. And Henry, Hunter Henry is the bolt guy, you know. He's the, he's the main guy, you know. Um, but, yeah, I see those – every guy, every person who pretty much got – you know, left on, you know, the Island of Misfits, uh, Island of Misfit, you know, Matt Patricia toys, all those guys that got put into his doghouse. I think all those guys are revitalized. I think they're re-energized. And I think you see it from the jump. And I think Bill O'Brien's a part of that. I think he's, hey, let me show you that these guys are worth something. Because I think everybody's psyche has and, and is, is kind of been damaged from last year. And a good start would help. How about the quarterback? Is he revitalized the same way? Yep. I think he is too. Now, listen, it's an unbelievable challenge, but yeah, and I don't, I don't think. Okay, listen, I don't think this game will kind of tell the whole picture as far as how far he's come, but I do think you'll see like, like a significant uptick 
And I will say whatever you remember him as from last year, maybe not last, the, his rookie year, the last three games, because he kind of did struggle. Like what, what you remember from him when he played well, I mean, add 10% to that. Add 10% to whatever you felt, however you felt about Mac Jones, his rookie season. Add 10% to it. I think that's, that's what I think the uptick is going to be. Uh, score, prediction, anything out of the ordinary that uh, you want to call your shot on? Well, with all that being said, <laughs> I do think they lose. I, I do think they lose. And I was thinking about this because, like, there's the reality, right? And then there's, like, the imagination land. And, like, just doing this, this pregame show, like, everybody picked the Patriots, all of them, you know? And I was like, man, like, I, they're not – Philly's a better team. Philly is uh, has a, a better track record. They have a better resume. And ultimately, they, they do have a better quarterback. And so I think ultimately they will – they pull this one out um, and they win the game, you know. So um, I don't know if anybody – I don't know about a score. Call it, you know, 28, you know, 20 – can I go like 22 and a half? Call it that. Yeah, sure. Oh boy, the gambling is really one of those half you points. Yeah, yeah, now you're now you're trying to throw the hook in there on score predictions. Now, holy cow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. The old Christian Fourier gambler guy would say twenty two point five. Now, now you're uh, smartened up a little bit. Uh, thank you, friend. I know that. Uh, are you post game right after the game, or are you late, late, late after the game? I will be post right afterwards, so I'll be on the field with you because I know you got TV also, and then I will also be late, late. So I'm going to do – I'm double dipping. I'm, I'm triple dipping today. Yeah, I'll give you a call and update. I'm, I'm no longer doing stuff from the stadium now. I had to move some things around because of a kid. So Oh, uh, damn. Those damn kids. They've ruined everything. Unbelievable. Arkans just – you know, Arkans with a, a young'un, and yep. you've got like 15, and I just yep. got two, and – One's a pain in the ass. <laughs> I leave it at that. Uh, thank you, brother. Enjoy the hell out of the day. Thanks, I'll talk to you. There All right, go- later. All right, bro. There goes uh, Christian Fourier, a two-time Super Bowl champion, a friend of Tom Brady's, and uh, I'm sure will uh, be hanging around in that luxury suite in the second half, though. I feel like that was the first time we brought up Mac Jones's name in the whole pre. You know what I mean? Like we barely talked about first it. first hour. We did a little bit, and that was really it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you know what? Obviously, it's it's on quarterback. It's all going to revolve around him. But I feel like. Every Mac Jones narrative, every single one of them, has been so exhausted that it's like, what else can you say about Mac Jones at this point? I mean, really, (laughs) with Mac, isn't it? It's, hey, this is a new, you know, is he going to go back to the guy we saw in 21? Is this a guy who really went through it last year and who grew? Or is this a guy that is going to struggle? And maybe the O-line struggles in front of him. Part of the great mystery of today's game down at uh, Gillette. We are off early for Red Sox baseball. So Arkan and I will give you some thoughts on a couple of games around the NFL. We'll get in three picks and a prop right now. Stiz with his final trending of the day. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. The Red Sox will try and avoid the sweep today after they lost 13-12 to to the Orioles last night at Fenway Park. The Sox had 23 hits, the most ever in a nine-inning loss. 
It was also the longest game of the season, clocking in at three hours and 40 minutes. The two teams will run it back for the third and final time today. First pitch at 135. Brian Bayo will take the mound for your Boston Red Sox. He'll be facing Grayson Rodriguez for the Orioles. Will Fleming and Rob Bradford will have the call for you right here on the Shaw's and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Network. Shaw's perfecting the art of fresh. And Mark Dondero will get you ready for the game starting at 1235. With the Mass Mutual pregame show, Mass Mutual Insurance Planning Investments. And the day has finally come. Week one of the Patriots regular season kicks off today. 425 against the Philadelphia Eagles. Jack Jones and Devontae Parker are out. However, Ramondre Stevenson is expected to play. Don't forget to tune in to the Six Rings postgame show with Fitzy and Hart immediately following the game right here on WEI. The GOAT, Tom Brady, makes his way home to Gillette Stadium to be honored by the Patriots organization and fans during today's halftime. Robert Kraft called the honoring, quote, special and unique and said that Brady had flown in 20 of his family members for the celebration. And if you're not at the game to witness the ceremony live, fear not. According to the Patriots, the event will be live-streamed on the team's website, Patriots.com. You can also tune in on YouTube, Facebook, and X formerly known as Twitter. Don't forget you can hear the Titans take on the Saints at 1 p.m. on WEI 8.50 a.m. And we'll join the Cowboys at Giants in progress at 10 p.m. right here on WEI. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Football Sunday with Gresham Arkin right after this. We're back to WEI Football Sunday on WEI. Present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. H to the OV. Now, we were joking about Jay-Z and Tom Brady right. and all that, and maybe Jay-Z would be, you know, rapping Brady to the stage or this something like 20 that. 20 years old, by the way. It is pretty crazy. It would tie into that yeah. Brady, but... Uh, I wonder if Mac will be playing this for Mac when it's all said and done because it feels like a rebirth is uh, right in front of Mac Jones with a new offensive coordinator. Uh, let's get to some of the games in the NFL, Arcan. some of the ones that uh, kind of jump out uh, to us. Uh, how about the Bengals and the Browns? Joe Burrow's been hurt. Yes. He hasn't practiced. He's coming back. And the Browns, the Browns feel like, uh, to me, they're new Arizona. Ooh, everybody loves the quarterback. Yeah. But they still stink, and they still get in their own way. What do you make of uh, Bengals-Browns well, today? Well, I'm not a believer in the Browns, but I also really wasn't last year. Remember that Halloween game last year? Mm-hmm. So a couple weeks after Bailey Zappi beat Cleveland and everyone's saying, oh, Cleveland's so bad, the Browns go out on Halloween and they beat the Bengals. And that's just, I mean, those two teams hate each other. I love the uh, that, that division because it seems like all those teams just beat the crap out of each other every time they play, including the Steelers, including the Ravens. It's fun sort of bleep kicker football, which I always really enjoyed. You know, I remember... Juju Smith-Schuster hitting Vontez perfect and all the fights the Bengals and the Steelers oh, used to yeah. have, like all that stuff. AFC North, I just, I, I really dig that, but I think this is going to be a close game. Um, 
Cincinnati's what a one point favorite. Like it's a really tiny line. I'd I'd consider going Cleveland there. I would, but I think it's going to be uh, one of those games where you sort of look at it, everybody assumes there's going to be a certain outcome. But uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't get too comfortable if you were a Cincinnati fan there. I think Cleveland's going to show up for sure. It's a, it's in Cleveland. So. There's definitely been some late line movement on some of these games, and I'm looking just at like Sportsbook Rhode Island right now because it's the one I've pulled up, and Cincinnati Cleveland are even, so it's zero now. So wow. lines are definitely moving including the New England line as well. We will get to that before we are out of here. Uh, Titans and the Saints. I mentioned to you in the off-air show, I'm like, yeah, you believe her in the Saints. This feels like a really low-scoring game between New Orleans and the Titans, which probably means it'll end up 35-32. Yeah, right. I like the Saints. Uh, I like Derek Carr, and I like Olave. I think they have a lot of pieces in place to be a good team. But I also think that they're sort of starting over. You know what I mean? They brought in a new quarterback. They've got a whole new kind of direction going here. The Titans have the same coach, a lot of the same infrastructure, and they added Hopkins. I think that's going to really help them. I think their offense is going to look good. It's a good matchup here. Um, and this one is uh, New Orleans, I think, has three. Is that the latest uh, line there? Mm, I don't know on, if that's moved at all. It was three when I checked it this morning. Uh, I think it's uh, yeah, still three. It's still three. I might take Tennessee on the road at plus three. Over under 41 and a half in that one. It's not the lowest over under of the mm, day. It's low, though. Yeah, one of the lowest ones, believe it or not, is Cardinals Commanders at 38. And that's, uh, I think, a direct result of uh, not having Kyler Murray in there. Uh, the Packers and the Bears. Are you buying into that um, that uh, Bears? I'm blanking on the Bears quarterback now. Fields. Uh, thank Fields. you. That Justin Fields is Jesus and cleats the way everybody's portraying him to be. I think that this could be the year, if he's going to prove it, this will be the year that it happens. And last year, I mean, the Bears were bad last year, bad. but he had some very nice performances that gave Chicago sort of this feeling of hope, which I feel like with the Patriots and Mac Jones in his rookie year, right? There were some games there where you were like, ugh, but overall the product was enough that there was some hope. You didn't get that last year with the Patriots. You did with the Bears, and I feel like they added too. They added um, uh, the wide receiver from Carolina, whose name I'm blanking on right now. Now, but um, more uh, DJ Moore. DJ yes, Moore. thank you, DJ Moore. And uh, they already have um, uh, Claypool and some of these other guys who I think can uh, really help that that offense out. So I don't know the Packers. The Packers looked okay in the preseason. I'm not a big Jordan Love believer. I you know think what? That, I uh, am. You are really well, more it, so it than you are me. in fields. Yeah, well, because Jordan Love's been sitting there waiting, and I thought that when he did play a little bit in the preseason, there was that experience and poise there. I thought he would be just wide-eyed, mm. shocked me as to uh, how polished he seemed to be. Uh, I think the Bears <laughs> have a better supporting cast than Love does. Oh, I, I yeah. would agree. And it looks like uh, Watson's going to be down again. Yeah, Feels like that guy's hurt all the time out yeah. there, wide receiver for uh, Green Bay. Green Bay will probably lean heavy on the running game and the fact that uh, they've got Aaron Jones and others. Raiders-Broncos, Sean Payton's debut, and you also have Sean Payton calling out his quarterback, Russell Wilson saying stop kissing the friggin' babies out there. Russell Wilson, Inc. is maybe uh, getting in the way. Uh, and then the Sunday night game is the Cowboys and the Giants. And then on Monday night football, we have the Bills and the Jets. Bills are at the Jets. Of course, Aaron Rodgers' debut. See what's going on with the Bills. That should end up being a, a lot of fun. It's a nice little gift for us uh, radio people, isn't oh, it? Oh, baby, is it <laughs> ever, a nice right? Tuesday show all written you, you, out Yeah, you could, have had a, you could have had a good NFC battle, but we'll yeah. take the division battle, no question. Definitely. All right, we got a couple of minutes here to be able to get in uh, some picks and a prop. Uh, Arkane, do you, uh, you want to uh, lead the way and uh, start on this? If you want to rip through all three all of three. yours, feel, feel free. 
All right, I'll do all three, and then you do your three, then we'll do yeah. all props. All right, here's my three. I like Vegas plus three and a half at Denver. You were just talking about Denver and their new coach. I think their new coach is great. I like Sean Payton, but you can only do so much with a broken down Russell Wilson. You can't. There's two things you can't fix. You can't fix stupid, and you can't fix washed up. And I think that Wilson's washed up, and maybe at this point in his career, a little stupid too. Uh, so I like Vegas in that one. Josh Jacobs is back. Uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, if you're ever going to have a good time to bet on him, this is the honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. This is when he's at his best usually, and they do have good pass catch. So I like Vegas plus three and a half at Denver, who I think is down Jerry Judy today. Uh, we'll see when the actual inactives come out, but I don't really believe in Cortland Sutton or those other uh, Denver wideouts. My other uh, one that I like here is Carolina plus three and a half at Atlanta. I don't like Atlanta's favorites, even though they're at home. I think Carolina is going to be a lot better this year. And I also like the Niners, who are road uh, favorites at Pittsburgh at minus two. I think Pittsburgh is going to surprise some people maybe later on in the year, but uh, early on, I think they'll struggle. I think the Niners are going to overwhelm them. So I'll take uh, San Francisco minus two. Those are my three picks. Go ahead. All right, I got uh, Green Bay at Chicago. I'm going to take the point and a half and go with Green Bay. I just think that uh, quarterback will end up making a uh, a difference there, but that's always a bloody battle. We'll see what the Bears are uh, are made of. And the Packers, for the first time in a long time, the Packers are a true underdog. Like, there's no high-end quarterback that they can point to to say they shouldn't be an underdog. I like the Giants plus three against the Cowboys. I just don't believe in the Cowboys at all. They'll win 10 or 11 games, and it'll look good at times, and then they'll they'll be themselves. And the Giants, again, year two, let's see how Dayball kind of cranks them up. But I'll take those points at home with the G-men. And, yes, I'm getting suckered in. (laughs) I hate that it has moved two points. I locked this bet in three weeks ago, the Patriots plus five and a half. Ah. It's now Patriots plus three and a half. That's a lot of money coming in on New England. Well, I don't think it it is the uh, apparently the amount of bets are on Philadelphia, but the line is moving towards New England, which indicates that, to your point, some people have come in, some sharks, respected money, has uh, come in on New England. Okay, your one prop for today. All right, here's my one prop. It's from FanDuel, and I like it a lot. Kirk Cousins, Justin Herbert, and Trevor Lawrence to combine for eight-plus passing touchdowns. Cousins is going against the Bucs. Herbert is going against the Dolphins, and Lawrence is going against the Colts. I think they could do that. I think that could happen, and that's a plus 480 on FanDuel right now. That is impressive. Mine was pretty sick. Simple. I think the Austin Eckler total rushing yards, Miami against the Chargers. Eckler's only at 48 and a half. It feels like, wow. you, right? Doesn't that feel seems low? low? Yeah, it seems low. Now, I don't know if I'm getting suckered or not, but I'm going to go with uh, Eckler over 48 and a half. It wouldn't be week one yards. if you weren't getting a little bit suckered. Yeah, right? I, we, I all, we all kind of are, I think. We all slip on the banana peel week <laughs> one. Then we all get wicked smart for uh, week right. two. Uh, good job, Stiz, in running this thing Thanks, and uh, keeping us uh, on the direction we're supposed to be. Arcan, thank you, friend. See you next week. Six Rings postgame show coming up. Red Sox baseball is next. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. And Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified. Empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.